Good news, hockey friends and hockey fans. We've wow. got a special double episode tonight. So huge. So, so much talk. Episode 51 of the Holy Pug Podcast is going to be a standalone interview with Kerry Goulet, who is the brains behind the Ice Hockey Classic, which is coming to Australia this June, and also works for a number of other charitable off-ice endeavors, which is going to be stonking and... Standalone episode 52 with all our usual bullshit. Yeah, man. So we get into it pretty hard about what he's going to be doing with the Ice Hockey Classic this year, who he's potentially bringing out, what some of his thoughts are, what his backstory is, and yep. it's just a good time for everyone, basically. Right, ride the interview out, guys. He, we talked for a really long time. Kerry was kind enough to give us plenty of his time, and he covers everything from the reasons why he started Stop Concussions. Um, we actually get quite serious on a lot of it. He's had a number of experiences which have uh, influenced him to, yeah, to take huge. his life on the journey that he has. And we and end up with a few lighter things. Back. Yeah. yeah, it's so it's huge. And, and then we start waxing about the playoffs. And if you read between the lines, friends, he's very strongly insinuating that he's got some pretty red-hot NHL names yeah, on the Of which way. he can't uh, divulge yet because obviously the playoffs are still, still in, in play. full swing. However, if you're clever and you pick up on some of the cues, I think you're going to start to work out who is coming to our fair country. Absolutely. So uh, here it is. 51. Listen up. Done. All right, guys. So as we said earlier in the show, we've got a special guest with us today. Cam, this is huge. We've been talking about this and hinting about this for weeks. For those of you who are you know, obvious listeners of the show and have been following us off and on, obviously, as many of you are. Cam, who's our special guest today? Uh, special. Does special describe it? I don't know. Special. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've got our good friend Kerry Goulet calling in from Toronto this evening slash this morning. He's kindly got up at some ungodly hour on the other side of the world to talk to us. Uh, for those of you that might not be too familiar with the name, he's the kind guy that actually brings the rather stonking uh, USV Canada Hockey Classic down here to Australia every year, which has given, I know, many of you your first taste of hockey on a big scale. And for a lot of you who have already seen the game, a, a chance to enjoy it on a bigger scale than you were used to. So, Kerry, what's up? Yeah, hey, man. Hey, good day, mate. How's everything <laughs> down under, guys? It's super dark. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about your uh, your overly positive intro? Have we we pumped you up enough to start your day, right? Well, I was going uh, going there next, but I'm jet lagged. I just uh, flew in from Germany, where I was speaking at a conference about concussions, World Hockey Championships, and so on the way over, I knew that we were going to um, to uh, be having this uh, interview today about. Uh, all the great things that are going on. So guys, I really, you know, I put together all my notes and had a really cool, and I can't find them. So I think uh, <laughs> your introduction really lays the foundation for a great interview. <laughs> no, it's and perfect. I tell you what, uh, I'm really excited to to let your uh, listeners know all about this great event, what's gone on in the past, what's going on now, and obviously what's going to go on in the future. Look, oh, lo- lo- losing your notes is actually a good sign because that would mean you are now as prepared as everyone else yeah, who's ever been say, on the show. Just, yeah, <laughs> not having notes is about it on par with everyone, including ourselves, obviously. Yeah, like we, we, <laughs> we, we do very little fact-checking, so this is we, great. We, that's very true. Well, that's how I played hockey. I scored a lot of goals, but I never saw my goalie until the end of the game in the bar for a beer. Yeah. Um, and I do believe that sometimes not having notes is great because... You know, we're going to get the uh, real, raw, spontaneous answers. Some of them may be good. Some <laughs> of them may, may be great. Oh, I love it. you're selling it very well. I appreciate it. All right. So look, for those of you who, I guess, I guess for the people at home who, I guess, aren't overly familiar with, you know, your, your full background and the extent of what it is that you've done, hit us with the uh, 
hit us with the elevator speech as a you know as, as a player as a coach as a as a member of you know team front offices and then ultimately what you're doing now which is a, a very important piece of work where you're working with a number of charities in the hockey space give us the uh give us the elevator speech version well i can't thank you enough uh for first doing this and allowing us to have a platform not only about this great event but also about the causes that we support uh elevator uh uh, story when I was younger, go quicker. Now it's more like an escalator. Um, and sometimes <laughs> I feel like going, up, going up the down. So um, basically, you know, a lot of people uh, that play a sport, uh, if they have a chance, they always want to give back. And mine started really early uh, while I was playing junior hockey. A very good friend of mine, actually one of my line mates, um, made a foolish decision when he was on a uh, beer drinking mission with a bunch of boys down in uh, USA. I'm from Winnipeg, Canada, uh, and just down the street, about six hours is a, is a university town in North Dakota. Uh, all the boys went down. I couldn't go that weekend. He decided that he wanted to go swimming after uh, you know several kegs of beer and uh, kicked open the swimming pool door about midnight and dove in the, the pool. And of course, it was the wrong end. And uh, he broke his neck, uh, suffered major uh, spinal injury, wow. which left him a quad. And as a player, you know, we all think we're invincible. All of a sudden, boom, your life changes. And uh, his name is Robert Belfer. We recently lost him a couple of years ago um, through, wow. you know, the trials and tribulations of that infliction. And I just learned at a very young age to give back as a player. I had lots of times on my hands. So when I had the opportunity to get uh, over to Germany after winning an Allen Cup, Allen Cup is very similar to your Goodall Cup. Yep. Uh, it, it's not quite as prestigious as, say, the uh, Stanley Cup. But in the old days, it was given out as the trophy prior to Lord Stanley giving the NHL the Stanley Cup. And I got to win that back in 1988. And I got a call after playing in that from a guy in Holland uh, and said, listen, I've got this great team that would love to have you. They could, can't afford an NHL player, but they certainly know that you're talented enough to play over here. Uh, and it was first in Fife, Scotland, which if you guys even believe that there is ice hockey in Scotland and how they tried to get me over there, was, they asked me uh, if I like golf. And of course, you know, most hockey players do yep. ice hockey players. I said, yeah. And they said, here's the, not much money, but you can play once a week on the practice court course on St. Andrews and once a month on the main course. I thought, wow, that was pretty cool. Play <laughs> for access to the links. <laughs> Love it. Exactly. Love it. Uh, little did I know that uh, that uh, the girl that I was dating at the time, um, she just had no interest leaving uh, Thunder Bay where I was playing, where I won the Allen Cup. And uh, basically, I, I turned it down. It was roughly at the end of the, the season, so it was into the summertime. And can can we jump down, in real I quickly and ask you something? Foolishly. Can I just ask you something really quickly about Thunder Bay? Sure, of course. Is it as grim and terrifying as it looks in Youngblood? Because, man, the Thunder Bay bombers scared the shit out of me as a kid. Well, I'll tell you what, it's worse. Actually, <laughs> you know, I don't even know if that's the, possible. It looks so grim, like post-apocalyptic. Well, obviously, you've seen the movie Slapshot, too. Uh, they, oh, oh, yeah. From there. Yep. With the, let's be frank. Back in those days... You know, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, while I was coming up through hockey, um, it was as tough and as crazy. And the, the town itself, you know, it was a ski town. It's winter, minus 30 all the time. 
Um, how can you not be a disgruntled uh, uh, son of a... And so I think when, when you live in a town like Thunder Bay, you learn to either play ice hockey or fight. And uh, obviously you've seen that in the movies. So, yeah, a few dudes um, have managed to combine the two. Yeah, you combine the two and you call yourself Carl Racky and off you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as I was playing hockey there, uh, I owned a nightclub called Club Soda with a very dear friend of mine. His name was Dick Davidson, who uh, we also lost a while back to uh, an illness. Um, he and I had such a great time at Thunder Bay. Again, being from Winnipeg, a bigger, you know, I think 600,000 going to Thunder Bay, which was about 30,000. It yeah. was a really, really learning experience. And being in the nightclub business showed you the best and the worst of the uh, uh, of the uh, of the city. And it'd be great, uh, guys, if I could show some of that film. But it's in black and white, and I think the moths have eaten it, so I won't be able to do any of the shots. But Thunder Bay was a great city and really hockey crazed. But yeah, you know, a little bit roughneck, no question. Jesus, so, I tell you what, I though, was, playing hockey and owning a nightclub. That's huge. That's pretty good. That's huge. You would have been very popular. <laughs> well, you should see. Yeah, you should have seen the girls. Um, <laughs> that's you should amazing. see them now. Now they've got no teeth and, and you know, they break the armpits. But uh, what see, I think is really important to understand man. is that uh, hockey's been, ice hockey to me has been very great because it's allowed me to see the great country of Canada and, and North America, of course, the United States. But then it gave me an opportunity to go off to Europe. And that's where the, my passion for the game actually really developed. And went over older. I was 27. So when I turned down the Fife Scotland offer, uh, about three weeks later, the same young uh, uh, Australian, uh, sorry, the uh, uh, his name was Luke Nielsen. He was a Dutchman. He really thought I would do well. So he called me up about three weeks later and said, listen, I found another team. It's in a town called Eschweiler, Germany, and it's it, it's on the border of Holland and Belgium. And, um, you know, you'd fit right in. So, of course, in 1988, uh, after winning a, a Stanley or a, an Allen Cup, I thought, you know what? I've turned one deal down. i got to do this one. So, as you guys would not remember, um, <laughs> there, was no uh, there was no Internet. Yeah, so, I yep. had to actually go to a library and open up an atlas. Whoa, which, actually look up where it was in the world. Because I've only read five books in my life. <laughs> I couldn't figure out what an atlas was. So, anyways, I get this atlas go to Germany and I'm looking at all these cities and I can't find it. So I called the guy back up and said, Luke, you, you know, can you kind of pinpoint where it is? And it was a small little town. Uh, it, it was about, you know, 15,000 people that lived in it, but it was actually on the border of, of uh, Holland and Belgium. And that really intrigued me. Here I am going to somewhere where I couldn't actually find on an atlas or a map. And uh, it's another language. Whereas Fife was interesting because of the golf, this was an opportunity where I could actually go and play ice hockey in front of people. Um, and so, long story short, I get there and um, uh, the first practice, uh, the rink was about, it was dumpy, old, um, very similar to, I think you've got a, a facility in Melbourne called Oakley or Oakland. Yeah. Or <laughs> oh, yeah. It may as well be Oakland, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Exactly. <laughs> Take that building and you can vision 2,500 people in it. Had huge, huge uh, stands and stuff. So here I am at my first practice. I got the Wayne Gretzky Jopa helmet in. I got the jersey tucked in. And I'm out there wheeling and dealing. I'm playing with a kid. Uh, they were only allowing two imports at the time. So I was with a kid named Joseph Chastik. Uh, played for the Polish national team. And 
Uh, unbelievable player, very similar to our Yari Curry, got the puck, shot it. So here we are in practice, and all of a sudden the music starts up, and the the, the, the rink fills up. There's 2,500 people in this rink That's for a rock practice. And I'm thinking, <laughs> wow, I must be a stud. <laughs> what they were doing actually was, as we were practicing, they were practicing. As you probably know in Europe, you know, they really take pride as a fan to be a part of the whole show. So they were actually having oompa-pa music playing in the background. And <laughs> they would, one row would be swinging one way, the other row would be do, going the other way. And every time we scored a goal, they would do their chants and drums would be going. And I actually thought they were coming to see me play and <laughs> practice, but it wasn't. They were actually coming to practice for the game on the weekend. And I'll tell you what, they did not disappoint. They were the loudest, craziest son of a guns I've ever played with, uh, played in front of. And that, that spawned my love for the game uh, even more. And I ended up uh, staying there for 16 years. Wow. Not in that particular city, but being able to play with some great players uh, along the way. Uh, Elmer Schmitz and, uh, and uh, Andy Pritchard and Mark McKay, who Mark McKay, myself, and Marvin Glaser had a great career together in a little town called Timmendorfer Strand where, uh, you know, have such great memories of uh, Michelle Barrett's and the fan clubs. Uh, they actually elected to raise my jersey to the roof with Mark McKay and Marvin Glazer. Nice. Uh, and so those are some of the things that, that Germany brought me, and it allowed me to, to continue on doing what I do. And I, with my buddy's uh, broken neck, it allowed me to give back. So I got involved in charities there, had a charity named Carrie's Kids uh, with Ronald McDonald's house. Um, and it just became that opportunity for me to give back for all the great things I had had and also, you know, keep Robert Belfer's name in the forefront because, you know, he was laying in a bed in Winnipeg, couldn't get out of it. And here I am traveling the world. So, guys, that's really how it all got started. And, uh, and, uh, and you know, that's my elevator speech. I, I love to be able to give back to those that can't help themselves. Um, I, I never did this for money. I did this because of the love of the sport. I did it because I've been... You know, we all have our trials and tribulations. We all have our ups and downs. You know, you look at a book and the cover looks great. When you get into the book, sometimes it's not what the cover shows. And so we all live that. We've all got, you know, uh, uh, issues with friends and families and illnesses. And and uh, there's so many great charities out there that everybody wants to help. I just got very lucky to be involved with an organization uh, that I could give back to players that are part of the family. Ice hockey is family, as you guys know yep. through your great work that you do. Um, ice hockey players just have that that giving heart, and I'm blessed to be one of those guys. Man, I, I tell you what, there's a lot to unpack there. That's an incredibly long elevator ride, if that's the elevator speech, but woof. Worth it. It feels like there's a theme, though. Like, it feels like a lot of hockey players just... They love it so much that they want to give back and they want to grow the game and they want other people just to feel good about the game itself and the, the good vibes that come from it. Yeah, that's very cool. true. And plus, it's all, also, it's uh, remarkably nice to have someone refer to what we do as work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and refer to it in a positive well, manner. You know, it takes everybody uh, to, to, to make this all happen. And, you know, I know we'll talk a little bit about the Australia now, but... You know, what you do, for example, uh, I learned very young as a player over in Germany, you know, press, you guys just want to know about us. And, you know, for some reason, sports stars, whether it's AFL, NRL, 
uh, it's a swimmer uh, that wins gold medals, or it's some hockey player, uh, ice hockey player that comes from Winnipeg. They put us up on pedestals for some reason because we can actually perform our sport uh, better than the next person. And so, you know, everybody kind of looks up to us. But realistically, we're just, as you know, just people. And what you guys do is you just want to kind of get the personalities and kind of let people know that, hey, they're, you know, they bleed like us. They, you know, they put their pants on the left leg and the right leg and pull them up. And so I think sometimes we have to realize uh, putting things all in perspective. If you didn't do a show like this, I wouldn't be able to get my great message out from my, my organizations. So it's all a family. And so whether I can score goals or you can talk better on the mic, doesn't matter. <laughs> Well, that's, we're promoting ice us hockey talking and that's better on the mic is uh, obviously debatable. And I mean, <laughs> and, 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 I mean, to, to your point about uh, putting pants on, I mean, probably a little harder if you're a goalie, obviously, because the goalie pants are a serious issue these days. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they want the goalies wearing skinny jeans these days <laughs> to increase scoring because that's what they need help with. Goalie pants. Goalie exactly. pants. <laughs> Idiots. Hey, look, we, we've obviously been keenly following um, your movements on your socials lately, and I'm fully aware of how creepy that sounds. Um, but you guys have been hard at work on some pretty cool add-ons for this year's Ice Hockey Classic in Australia. Um, tell us a bit about it because we saw some pretty cool-looking boards getting assembled and packaged up to come down here, and I know you've got some um, some roster info for us as well. Well, listen, uh, if your name was Joanna and you're following me on the social network, I wouldn't have minded, but it is a little <laughs> creepy there, guys. That, uh, yeah. But you know what's amazing? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not the target people. market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turns out a 32 year old from Melbourne is on the stalk exactly. isn't desirable. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> I like long walks on the beach. Well, and a really nice scotch on a Sunday. <laughs> oh, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, social social movement. Uh, obviously, you know, with Facebook and Twitter and Twitter and all those crazy <laughs> names, like Snapchat and all these great. Uh, um, Oh, there's so many. So many. Yeah. And what it's allowed us to do is sometimes people look at some of these posts and say, wow, these guys are just showing off. You know, they're over here or they're over there. And, oh, they're at this party and they're meeting this guy. But realistically, if you think about it, um, I played in front of thousands, thousands and thousands of people in my lifetime. I've won scoring championships. I've won uh, trophies, you know, in Germany, three uh, national cups uh, in the first and second division. So as far as I'm concerned, I never made it to the NHL, but I, I, I've been I've had a really good ice hockey career. And so I took my, if you want to call it that small claim to fame or that 15 minutes of, of spotlight and tried to do good with it. Uh, when I got home from Canada, uh, from Germany and, and had to live a life in Canada uh, back in 2001, I just lost my father to prostate cancer. Um, I really started to look with inside myself and say, okay, I'm 41, uh, I'm not formally educated, uh, I got to grade 12 by passing grade 6 twice, um, but I was worldly. Um, well, at least you can do math, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think your math is pretty on point. <laughs> well, no, I, I never found the city on the map, I had to wait till Google came along. <laughs> <laughs> it's right on your phone there, you just the thing, it's totally fine. It's, it's all good. It's crazy today when you think about it. So, what I, what I, needed, what I needed to do was try and find myself and what was I going to do and because of Robert's affliction, and I met a guy named Barry Monroe, he was in a chair, I was at a golf tournament actually, and we got talking, and I said, you know what, I have some time, I, I wanna get involved with the organization, so I actually donated my time. And it'll get back to the social media in a sec, but I just wanna kind of paint that picture for you. 
of understanding that what social media has done today, there's good, as you know, and there's bad. But what it allowed us to do when I went through this uh, transformation from being an ice hockey player, and you've heard the stories, you know, you're in a, there's no better drug, guys, no better drug than being in a, in a full rink, them chanting your name, Goulet, Goulet, and you scoring that goal to win the championship. And you are, for that moment, the, the most important person in their plant on their planet. There's nothing that brings the goosebumps bigger than that. And you Damn, hear I from guys that something. that all goes away. <laughs> oh man, Wait, Cam and I are sitting here like, whoa! If only we were good at anything enough to like bring anyone goosebumps, other than ourselves, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I got goosebumps right now, so it must be because of you guys. Ah, oh, there you go! Finally, a win! Yes. Yeah. And so, so as as it takes it, you know, I realize that I wanted to give back. And how do you do that? How do you actually give back? You know, we can talk about it or we can write a check. Um, you have to be passionate and you have to sacrifice and compromise. And I got very lucky throughout this travels of and this journey, you know, to meet a, a beautiful girl uh, who I'm gonna uh, marry this summer. She's been behind me all the way Congrats. with all this craziness and hmm. traveling the world. But we gave up a lot to do that. And once I made that decision, I was all in, just like any, if you if you have a passion and you're an ice hockey player or you're, hey, a radio host like you guys, you know <laughs> how much time and energy there is behind it that yeah. the people don't see or, or hear. So I compliment anybody like yourselves that take that that passion and, and build a dream and actually deliver it. So that's what happened to me when I met Barry Monroe. And I saw him in a chair and I really believe someday with all our work, I was going to help solve the situation with concussions and certainly get Barry out of a chair. We haven't done that yet. It's 20, almost 20 years, but we're still doing it. And what social media has done, and that's you following me and me <laughs> following you, gives us an opportunity to spread our message around the world on one click of the button. In the old days, you know, we had to use smoke signals, right, to get our message across. <laughs> and, you know, how far that comes. <laughs> Pigeons and smoke signals. It's so funny because, like, we've, we've, we've spoken so much about concussions on the show. Cam and I were, were waxing lyrical about Sid and his concussion scare earlier this week as well. Yeah. It's so funny how the message is, is so clear now. And it just it just happens it happens that the message is, 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 is almost the same, but across the world because of social media. Yeah, just to deviate for a sec, did you see um, Crosby's fall today, Kerry? Uh, yes, we were watching the game uh, yeah. very closely. Um, and uh, I, I'm amazed. It's not just that fall. There were three incidents in that game. He's targeted. Oh, Whether yeah. you love him or you hate him, um, he is an incredible ambassador to the game. I've met him only once in my life. And I can say that he's a true gentleman. Uh, there's no arrogance to him. Listen, if you're as good as he is, you're going to come across being arrogant. Yeah. One of the things that people sometimes, I've been called arrogant. One of the things that people don't understand is if you're as good as he is, I'm not putting myself in the same shoes as him. Please don't take it in that way. <laughs> but when I, was, when I was playing and there were thousands of fans in the rink that are paying $100 to watch me play, I'm putting on a show. Yeah, I'm just not there to, to go through the motions. So as a, as a high-level player, I wanted the puck. Yeah. I wanted to score. I wanted to make a difference. And that sometimes is arrogance. Sidney Crosby wants that puck on his stick because he wants to make a difference in that game. Yep. And sometimes that's perceived as arrogance. Don't forget this young guy you know, came from a, a, a history of always being the best. Mm. 
but he also had to be on his best because he had sponsors to be uh, to to make sure he didn't make the wrong move or make the wrong statement. So this kid's been guarded all his life, and I I, I only can say whether you love him or hate him. What a true ambassador, and thank God we got him in the game. And now you see this, guys, over this series. It's the only way the Washington Capitals can win. It's, if Sydney's um, at the top it, of his game, yeah. they, he cannot be beat. So they've had to turn to that. Because in this in the series so far, what has Ovechkin done? Nothing. Yeah, Absolutely. Nothing. He was playing on the fourth line today. He was doing nothing. It's terrifying, though. I mean, you think Crosby's lost more than two years' worth of regular season games and playoff time, and then he's missed time this year, and he just had a concussion, and, you know, people are now speculating that he was probably rushed back into this series. I think Mike Sullivan said that um, Crosby wasn't tested for concussions, and then he said he was, and then mm. that hit again today. Like, mm. the conversation John and I were having is his, his post-hockey life is, is now at the point where he's going to be very seriously impacted. Yeah, and if, getting another serious concussion yeah. is going to be devastating for him. It just it is, Obviously, because, I mean, as we get a little bit older, we, we yeah. start thinking about, geez, what's his life going to be like after sport? Because, I mean, during sport, a lot of times fans kind of don't really care. Oh, he's just out with an injury. He'll be back soon, whatever. But yeah. we're starting to, starting to look at now, obviously through the show, educate people that, well, you know, maybe his life's going to be crap after some, this. Some, uh, it was a doctor or a neurosurgeon actually came out this week and he said if I was, if, if he was seeking my consult and my advice, if he was anything other than a professional, I would advise him to give up that sport. You know, um, it's unfortunate that whole, th this is a very controversial topic and yeah. um, I would, uh, being there, being in the shoes of Sidney Crosby myself, mm. uh, suffering three very serious concussions, my third one, uh, I, you know, I actually played right after. I didn't go off the ice. I, I went back to the bench, had smelling salts, and actually continued on playing. Again, that was back in, you know, the the early '90s. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's very, it's easy for all of us to judge from the outside, unless you're in the inside, you don't know. Yep. Uh, I'll give you just a really quick summation to kind of give you how controversial it is, because we all want to all of a sudden see that hit and say he's done. There are a lot of guys that have gone through hits exactly what Crosby has gone and had no effects at all. Yeah. There are guys that have just been lightly touched by an elbow on the chin and it rotated the brain and they were severely concussed. We can't predetermine mm. after a hit what's going to go on. And I can tell you right now, Sidney Crosby is not going to rush himself back. He knows his body. Yeah, he knows the cold. consequences. And he's going to personally, and I've, I've had the opportunity to read some stuff about what is going on with him that he is not going to jeopardize his long-term future. And I just want to leave you with this so that yeah, you can understand. Great. A doctor comes out, makes a statement. I know exactly who the doctor is. Yeah. And he makes a statement. Why he makes that statement is, is that there's notoriety now put on him rather than on the true situation. Yep. And what we need to understand is a uh, few, maybe two months ago, and you know how much I know about concussions. A lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> set steps. I got my glasses on. I got my phone in my, in my pocket. I just got back from Australia, actually, on a very long flight. It was about 11 o'clock at night. I was actually going down to the dryer to get some clothing, which I never do. And I went out to get it. And I was coming up the steps. And I was multifunctioning on jet lag. And I put my foot down. We had a little landing. And I actually missed the step. Yeah. And I went down. And if you could just division, everything's dark. And I went down and hit the corner of the step. Full wow. on, like we're talking, no hockey check could be as hard as that. So Bang. my head hit the corner of the step just a 
a little bit over the left of my eye. And I laid there for probably about, I don't know, 10 minutes. Uh, uh, my fiance came running down and she saw what had gone on. She heard the thump. And I laid there probably another 20 minutes, just kind of all I could be saying is, oh, my God, what have I done? Oh, my God, what have I done? And I all rushing to me was all these thoughts of concussions. I got to go get an MRI. I got to go and do this. You know, who's going to take care of that? Who's going to take care of my business? Because they're going to be out for yeah. a couple of weeks dealing with concussions. And it just went on and on. My fiance got me up to the bed. I laid down there. And for an hour, I couldn't sleep just thinking about all the negativity, all the stuff that's going to come back and haunt me. And I'll tell you what, I fell asleep, woke up in the morning, and I didn't have any symptoms at all. Wow. Zero. Which shouldn't have happened because I've had concussion history. And it would be just like the hit that Crosby just took. Yeah. So end of that is I, three weeks later, are, I'm on the ice. I'm tipsy doodling at a very slow rate because I'm not <laughs> quite as quick as I used to be. And I turn my head and I get hit. As I turn, I hit the guy's shoulder pad with my chin and my head spins. I go down. I'm on the ground. I'm there for about a minute and a half, maybe two minutes. Again, just wheeling about, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. You know, my life's over, all that stuff. Get back to the bench. I'm smart. I say, guys, I can't play. I go back to the room. I, I'm nervous. I'm shaking. I, I drive home. Again, all these thoughts of negativity. I get home. I, I have a schnapps. Go to bed. <laughs> Some hot drink the next morning, not a thing wrong with me, other than a little bit of anxiety. So I think we have to be careful in every hit that we see that we automatically state, oh, my God, I, I was the one who also said for quietly, for the, not this hit on Crosby, the last one, he's got to be done. Yeah. And he isn't. So I think we got to be careful of labeling it. And I know that everybody, you guys have that in your AFL and our NRL guys coming out now saying, you know, I played concussed and I played stupid. And, you know, now, you know, you see the consequences of, you know, uh, early onset of dementia and Alzheimer's. So I really think only one person within himself is going to be able to make that decision. And Sidney Crosby is smart enough to know that when it's time. So I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yep. I'm not going to be one of those bandwagon jumpers and say he should quit let him make that decision and i can trust you i truly believe um that he's going to make the right decision yeah right oh it's yeah obviously you've got a, a hell of a lot more insight and perspective on it than than a great many of us so it's good to hear from someone that uh that knows what's up yeah it's great to hear from someone who's actually qualified as opposed to yeah. us who just like <laughs> spend three or four minutes googling and become instant experts <laughs> ah yes dr well, google <laughs> yeah that's how that's how i did it. i did it through dictionaries yeah. Um, what's really important that you know we have to have levity in this situation um you know it's a very serious very dark injury if you've been there which i have um it's it's difficult i'll tell you here you are the best player in the world uh you're going for the stanley cup you only get so many shots at it um you know you, you don't want to let your teammates down you know you know keith primo one of the co-founders with us yep. lived that life where you know he was not doing it just for himself he was doing it for his parents he was doing it for his younger siblings. He was doing it for the fans of the Philadelphia Flyers. He was doing it for his coaches. He never thought about Keith Primo. He only thought as a player, because we're in a team sport, we're only thinking about everybody else. And unfortunately, you have to bring it back to yourself and say, am I doing myself justice? And that's where I think Crosby's, uh, not, let's not, let's give him some benefit of the doubt. He's also been given a lot of information 
Like we didn't, I didn't have that in 1988. I got my bell rung. Nobody told me I damaged my brain. Nobody said a concussion was a brain injury. Yeah. So now Sydney knows that. So I think he's going to make his decision based on how he feels. And if you do that, you're never going to go wrong. And so I think, um, you know, but we do still have to have fun with it. Um, you know, it can't be all doom and gloom. It isn't doom and gloom. At no time am I professing that somebody, if you hit your head, you should continue on playing. But let's take every brain is different. Every concussion is different. Every situation is different. If you're hurt and you feel that you're there's something not right, stop. Get to a professional. Get to a doctor who knows about concussions. Just You can't just show up to your GP. You got to get to a concussion expert, get properly diagnosed. And once it's properly diagnosed, there's a proper management protocol. And we'll be bringing some of that this year on the Australian tour. We're awesome. bringing Scott Haller out, uh, Dr. Bill Ansley. We're going to be doing some seminars. We'll uh, send you some of those uh, that information so you can get it out to your listeners. Yeah, that'd be great. And we're going to talk. We're going to talk the true facts about concussions. It's Unreal. not going to be myths. It's not going to be hokey pokey. It's going to be what is going on today in all sport, not just American football, not just in ice hockey, but in soccer, in AFL, in NRL. We're all the same. Concussions don't know age. They don't know uh, gender. They don't know activity. They don't know a level. They don't know what time it is. They don't know Concussions what sports you're playing. Are, they don't care. Exactly. They're around us 24-7. So we have to be as uh, vigilant as that and make sure that we educate ourselves on it because you certainly can't go wrong if you're educated and make the proper decisions. And as a player, there's parents, there's coaches, yep. there's associations, there's agents, there's leagues. We now have to build that infrastructure around those players who yep. want to play and make sure we protect them. Well, you've segued very well into this. Let's talk about some of the fun stuff for the um Absolutely. Pardon me. I don't that know why it sounded like Madge from what Neighbors. What happened? My S- God. Sounded like Madge from Neighbors. There, you've um you've secured some pretty big names to uh to helm the two teams this year. You've got Daryl Sittler manning the bench for Canada, and Dave Tiger Williams is doing the same for the US. How'd you uh how'd you hook those guys up for your event? Well, well, the the, the one thing about that is that uh, we always get some positive and negatives. As soon as we announce those two, um, you know, I got I got a call from somebody saying, "Well, why are they both Canadian?" Yeah, and it's funny that uh, my role in this is to to get the best entertainment value for uh, the Australian public because we're not only trying to grow the game, we're also trying to entertain. And you know, after having such a tremendous opportunity to have the greatest player on the planet in Australia, which nobody thought we'd ever do, um, I needed to come up with something that's a close second. And unfortunately, we lost Gordy Howe, so we certainly couldn't bring him over. Yep, and. Um, Bobby Orr, of course, not available to do it. Uh, I got a call. Uh, I'm very close to uh, the NHL alumni. I got a call from Debbie Sittler, um, who is his sister. And he said, you know, I, I was talking to, she said, I was talking to my brother. And he showed some interest in maybe going over to Australia because it's he doesn't have a bucket. But he's heard how great the tour has been through uh, Gretzky and uh, the likes and said he'd love to, you know, throw his hat in the ring and, and be a part of it. So I called Daryl up and, you know, he was just uh, voted one of the top 100 players of all times yes, in the National was. Hockey League. You know, his resume, you guys can see it. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, he's probably top, for sure, top 10 best players of all time. And of course, his 10-point night, will ne- that's a record 
that'll never be broken. Oh, thanks and for um, bringing back. thanks for bringing that up. The night that he put ten points on the Bruins, it's a very uh, very 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 good part of the team. I support history. Thank you <laughs> so right, very much. There's a question for you. Who was the goalie? Uh, ooh, I couldn't tell you that. Who was the goalie? That's why uh, he's no longer playing. You can't remember his name. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I started running through. I'm like, well, no, I wasn't Chavers, wasn't he? Yeah, no, right. Yep, you got me on that. Well done. Well, you know, the thing is, let's Google it and find out. You're not old enough to remember that anyways. Um, <laughs> so so when Daryl threw his hat, uh, you know, I, I had coffee with him right away. And I just saw the passion in his, his, his demeanor and um, the way he talked about, you know, wanting to be a part of it. It was a no-brainer. It was just wow. I'm, sta- I'm, you know, I'm so lucky that that here I am sitting with the, you know, arguably one of the greatest Toronto Maple Leafs of all time. So, once I got talking to him, I kind of told him, you know, this is what we're looking for. You know, I need another coach that's kind of got a different kind of personality, but you know, still has the same passion for life uh, and for the sport. And he said, you know, my best friend is Dave Tiger Williams. I said, well, how's that going to work? Your best friends? He said, Kerry. As soon as we get up against each other as coaches, I can trust you. He hates no me more than anybody yeah. in the building. <laughs> There's no friendship he on wants, opposing benches. <laughs> yeah, he, he wants to win. So he will make sure that every USA guy on that team is prepared to win. And I said, but Daryl, it's just a, it's a game. And he said, not to Tiger Williams. It is war. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And so then I, I you know, we got Daryl all set up and I called uh, Dave Tiger Williams and I said, hey, Dave, uh, you know, Daryl has mentioned that you may want to absolutely uh, come to Australia. Absolutely. And just with that grit. And if you've ever seen him play, he had 3,966 oh, yeah. penalty minutes in the National Hockey League. It's still a record that has not been beat. Because he's the most he's terrifying a- man under six foot of all time. <laughs> yeah. He's as crazy as he was then. I just finished playing a celebrity game with him where he stuck me between the legs uh, in a friendly game that we were playing for a charity, and he almost put me in the hospital. I said, that's the type of guy we need. We need to, not not in the dirtiness, but just in that, that passion. And I know that he's going to excite the fans. You know, he rides his stick uh, still today. Uh, I don't know how, it, once he falls down, it takes him about a half an hour to get back up. But, <laughs> By the way, I looked Don't this up me. for you for um, for Sittler's 10.9. It was rookie goalie Dave Reese. And uh, yeah. that's right. I remember now, yeah, Cheevers was dressed as his backup that night. And they actually you went to it. put him in. And he's like, yeah, no, nah, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it made him famous. Yeah, true. So that's, that's the story how we got them. And then um, they understand, too, that, you know, for the fans, that they've got to prepare their teams as best they can to win. And. And so I could have gone out and looked for, you know, another American. So we keep that. But in today's uh, business and in in sport, you know, everybody's everybody's a Canadian. Everybody's an American. Everybody's Czechs, Russians. There's no coach is a coach. Mm. And so I don't think there's any nationality uh, in it. And uh, so that's why we picked the two guys. And plus on the entertainment value. They will entertain the crowds. We'll be doing a lot more get-togethers. People will be able to get up close and personal with these guys. And so I wanted to give back to the Australian some entertainment and also some pretty good hockey players. And plus, two different styles of player. One, a finesse, yep. a gritty player. Daryl Sittler was a tough player. Don't don't ever think that. But also, 
uh, Dave Tiger Williams had some really good offensive skills too. Yeah. So it's going to be the clash of, we called it last year with the big boy captains that we had, clash of the Titans. This is going to be the clash of the coaches. Yeah, right on. Hey, um, obviously you've said people are going to be able to get up close and personal with those guys, so we'll put more information out when that becomes available as well. Um, in addition to the coaching announcements, TJ Brennan, Chad Nering, and Christian Hansen have all confirmed they're playing. Are you able to tell us any more about yeah, the maybe roster players? A, maybe give us a couple of, couple of uh, lovely little uh, announcements if you've got some hidden under your under your stack of uh, coffee, yeah, mugs. coffee mugs and non-existent papers that you forgot to bring with you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, what's really cool is that if you uh, Google TJ Brennan, for example, um, I had a, the fortune of watching him play last year a little bit with the Leafs. He then decided to go down to the Flyers organization. Uh, he's 27 years old, didn't get a call up this year, kind of disappointing. But, you know, he was a top 10 in scoring of all players, top defensive, o- offensive player in the AHL, uh, is the second highest scoring defenseman in AHL history. Um, this kid... I, I still don't understand. They think maybe it's a little bit, he's not quite quick enough, but this kid is a phenomenal hockey player. Yeah. He, he's an entertainer. Um, he's as good as any NHL defenseman. You know, that third or fourth defenseman on many teams would like him. Uh, it's just that the Philadelphia Flyers this year has gone with the youth movement and they kept all their young defensemen up throughout the season. Uh, we're really lucky to have him. And I know it's not turning any heads and saying, wow, it's TJ Brennan, but I'll tell you what, Fans of ice hockey, when you come and watch this kid play, he's the real deal, boy. He's going to be electric. And, of course, you Man, mentioned that, Christian. That Flyers roster, other. though, that's a tough one to crack. you got Provorov, Gostas-Bierre, and they've got Sam Morin waiting to come up as well, that giant kid. That's a, If you're a defenseman look, yeah, looking to crack that Flyers roster, that's a tough gig. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's going to be rough for him. Yeah. Hey, great compliment to you guys, too. You uh, you do your homework. That's, uh, that's <laughs> fantastic. But I've been on interviews where guys don't know uh, who we're talking about and you can pull those names up well done bravo Look, uh, well, J- John, John and I when we go to work we don't do a hell of a lot of work we're usually googling random useless hockey statistics so yeah, <laughs> yeah. see we've been doing so much talking I forgot to tell you all the rest of the stories about the the, the social media so you're right uh, it's really changed our lives uh, you know you hear the thing <laughs> on the phone all of a sudden you're looking to see who's messaging you um, a couple other, I'll, I'll get into some of the other players in a minute. I just want to, awesome. you know, throw some by you. You know, Christian Hansen. Here's a kid that yep. uh, that was uh, brought through uh, uh, Brian Burke. You'll remember that name, yep. of course, mm-hmm. um, in the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. Uh, Christian was playing in Notre Dame. He he scouted him. Nobody was picking him up. And here the Leafs take him. Um, he only played 43 games with the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, then suffered a, a minor concussion, uh, kind of bounced around trying to get back into the game. And we hear a lot of these stories, a lot of these names, some of these guys that are coming, you know, they were thrown off by injury or or concussion. Christian went over to Norway, won a championship, and basically at 29 said, you know what, I'm not going to be able to come back and play in the National Hockey League. I'm going to retire. So he retired, and I I followed up on him and said, hey, Christian, we want you to be involved in this um, this tour. And so he continues on his play. He plays in senior leagues over here. This yeah. guy is unbelievable. I don't know if you saw him play last year. He could, as far as I'm concerned, he should be playing in the National Hockey League. So we're really blessed to have him back. And, of course, he's his father was Dave Hansen, who you met or you got an opportunity to see. Yep. And then Chad Neering was uh, called up uh, by the Ottawa Senators. He, he got signed this year, mm-hmm. played in Bingham uh, Senators. Really great player. Scored the winning goal last year in Sydney. 
uh, in the, you know, a shootout, which was probably our best game Huge. ever uh, on this tour. Obviously, it was in front of the great one. Uh, didn't uh, doesn't hurt. didn't hurt to have him there. Yeah, I mean, he used to play for the for the Wolfpack, who's obviously one of our favorite teams. Yeah, even though I mean they are from from Connecticut, but that being said, probably the coolest name of all teams that's going around at the minute. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely, I'll cop I'll, I'll cop to that. That's yeah, true. cop to that. Good jersey and too. Great unis. Great we unis. See, at this show we basically spend about half the time talking about unis and haircuts. Yeah, <laughs> I pulled him to get us one of those unis, so hopefully uh, we'll have one in the silent auction. Um, nice. Listen, we. All- we're also blessed to have some returnees from last year, uh, guys that, uh, you know, in, when you're building a roster like this, you know, everybody wants NHL players. Everybody wants Crosby's of the world. And that's all great. But you also have to take in consideration time, place, and availability. Yep. And so my job is is to go out and get the best talent that's available at this time mm-hmm. and also under a budget restriction. You, you, we just can't go out None of these players get paid to play. They all come gratis. They come to, A, help the charities, the causes like the Brain Injury Australia, obviously our our, our uh, cause, Stop Concussions, which is worldwide. We're in Germany. Uh, uh, we, we work very closely with Brain Injury Australia. We're in the United States. Uh, we're in a couple of the other European countries, helping players help themselves through these. So it's, it's tough to kind of, figure out who you can and cannot get. There's weddings. You know, these guys are all in their 20s and 30s. <laughs> Wedding season is June and July. They have a very long hockey season. Some of them are just too tired or too hurt to even think of getting on a flight for 30 hours and coming and entertaining the crowds. And they also want to grow the game. So if they're not 100%, they're not going to want to come. Yeah, so that, that makes it a little more challenging. So anyways, we go out and I personally look at and view the players. I talk to their coaches. I talk to their agents. And then I talk to a month of guys that have been over there. Who fits into this? Who's going to entertain? Who's going to be good with the fans? And this year, I can promise you, if we don't have the biggest names, we are going to be front and center with the fans. We want the fans to meet us. We're going to have open practices. We're going to do a lot of fun things for the fans of ice hockey to come out and meet these guys. And so one of the guys that was probably the best on tour last year was Scott Hannon. Though he's been retired for 18 months, this guy played a thousand games in National Hockey League. He's arguably one of the top defensemen in San Jose Sharks. Um, He's been working out all winter and now at this particular time, he's on the ice with the big boys getting ready to come down. That's the type of guy I want. I don't want some guy that's, you know, a third line player in National Hockey League who's coming over just to have a vacation. This isn't a vacation. This is entertainment. This is for us to help you guys grow the game that we love and also be able to give back not only in Australia, but worldwide on this very grave concern. And Scott put his hand up again, and, and we're really excited to have him. Nice. Uh, I love Scott Hannon, man. Yeah, John's a huge Scott Hannon fan. He's stoked. Yeah, yeah. Love the bald head. <laughs> <laughs> so, Johnny, this time make sure we uh, we get together with him and have a little interview because he's he's – very, very interesting, and the story he tells about, uh, you know, Marlowe and uh, Thornton and Pavelski, it, it's it's priceless to hear what goes on in that dressing room. And of course, you know, a couple of years ago we had Brent, uh, Brent Burns. Brent Burns uh, has let us know that it was one of his most memorable times. He would be back in a heartbeat. The problem is this year we obviously know that he's going to be probably going to be the Norris winner. 
probably win some other awards. And at the time our event is, uh, it's awards time again. So yeah, there's no way he can up and leave, but he says hello to all the Australian fans and we're going to, we're going to have something posted about him and how much fun he had uh, there. And so Scotty said, you know what, Bernsey, I'll have to go in your place, but I can't grow a beard fast enough. So. <laughs> Luckily, well, neither can we. I was going to say, well, speak for yourself. It's <laughs> disappointing that he can't grow a beard because he can't grow much on top of the dome either. I would have thought he'd get it going on at least one side. He can't. He says he waters it, he fertilizes it. Just <laughs> he says he's not a good farmer. Yeah, right. Hey, um, look, something something you and I have talked about outside of this interview is, um, you know, kind of what's being done to grow hockey at a grassroots level in here and, and how Australia, uh, how important it is to, you know, as, as far as the event and, and your impression on the country, how that's going to contribute to, you know, hockey in Australia moving forward. Um, can you tell us, I guess, a little bit about that and, and your goals and, you know, uh, your relationship with, like, you know, our leagues here? And, and, and I know you uh, you mentioned some special events that you guys are working on around the the Melbourne leg of the tour this year as well. Well, yeah, thank you. Well, and that's what this tour is about. I know that, you know, there are expectations set. You know, ticket prices are not cheap. We all know that. But people have to understand why. Number one, um, you know, we, as you probably know, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but I'll just give you a quick one about it. You know, we actually bring the rink, the ice hockey facility, and in these buildings. We're going to the high sense last year in the Rod Laver. And in... In, in Sydney, we're going to the Kudo Arena. They don't have ice floors. They don't have the, the the mechanism to make ice in it. So we actually have to bring the piping and the glycol and, and the refrigeration systems and bring the dashboards. And we have to build a rink inside of these facilities. So that is a very costly and a very logistically uh, challenged thing in itself. And so I don't want to make excuses why we don't have maybe the Gretzky's and, or sorry, the Crosby's and the Ovechkin's at these events, but that's our first priority. Yeah, of You can't have an ice hockey game without ice. Yeah. Um, Surprisingly, our, our, uh, our drop-in ice hockey infrastructure is not quite where it needs to be in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't look like Oakley could house this level of game. Sorry, boys. And that's what we're trying to do though, guys. That, that's, and thank you for bringing that. We're trying to, people understand, you can go on every corner of the street in one of your cities and you can go and be on a rugby pitch or a cricket pitch. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm using the wrong terminology, but you can go on a soccer field. In Australia, in a city of Melbourne size, you've got one legitimate rink, one that, oh my God, I wouldn't put that ice on a drink. And the other <laughs> one is non-eventful. So in the same size of a city as Melbourne here in Canada, you have... 300 rinks. Yeah. So the infrastructure dictates if the sport can be viable. And so one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to first showcase the sport as good as it can be. And that's no plug against the AIHL. It is a very good, entertaining, non-professional league. And they're doing their best to grow the game. But if you want to get to the masses, you need to have crowds of five to 10 to 18,000 that come and be entertained and say, wow, that's really cool. I'd like to participate. Wow, that's really cool. I'd like to put my son or daughter in that sport. Yeah. And so that's what we tried to accomplish here in in what we're doing with the ice hockey classic. And so that's why that's the first priority. Let's have good ice. Secondly, let's find good players that can actually play the game at all different styles. And thirdly, let's bring a good coaching staff 
and entertainment value to it all. And I think we've accomplished that in the years that we've come. This year and over the years, we've had clinics. I, I don't know if you know it, but you know we donate our time and fly up to Adelaide and we do a clinic for the Ice Factor. That's an organization that yep. takes kids that are underprivileged. Um, and you know we go up there, uh, Terry Yake is coming back. He's going up there with Scott Hannon and uh, a couple of the other pro guys and the coaches to go and put a clinic on. We're awesome. going to be doing ice hockey clinics on the Saturday mornings at both High Sense Arena and the Kudos. We've actually done that every year, but we've never broadcasted it. We never let people know about it. We kind of kept it with inside the Ice Hockey Australia and the AHL. But we've now decided that if we're going to make this long-term uh, commitment to the Australian fans, we want their commitment. We yeah, want them to the understand by supporting us, we're giving back. I'm glad you guys are running clinics too, because someone really needs to teach John how to skate. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm phenomenal on snow, but that's, that's about as far as it goes. Phenomenal skier, well, terrible on the ice though. Here's a good one, John. Um, we're going to give you that opportunity. We give some of your listeners the opportunity, uh, and I'll get a little bit deeper into that in a couple seconds. I just wanted not to lose focus on why we're coming um, and what we're doing. Not only are we going to have clinics for the regular folk, whether you're young or old, we're also going to have a specific goalie coach clinic. Uh, Bruce Poling from uh, over in Melbourne, he's put his hand up and he's got a coach, a goalie clinic happening on the Saturday morning just before the um, kids are out on the ice skating as, as and we're going to put them through drills to be a forward or a, or a defenseman. We're going to have a specific goalie clinic which is really exciting. Awesome. Um, and our, our goalies that we haven't been able to name yet because we're waiting for the National Hockey League to finish the playoffs, um, we are going to have them on the ice with the kids, teaching them the tricks of the trade. Another very important thing, as you guys have seen in the National Hockey League playoffs this year, you need goaltending. The game starts with goaltending. And if you oh, don't yeah. teach kids how to be good goalies, it just doesn't happen. So that's the other really important thing that we're doing yeah or you could be the senators and rangers where no one's stopping any goals and the games are finishing six and five which has been pretty fun as well yeah absolutely i don't mind that at all they just <laughs> wanted to add a bit more entertainment hey guys two games going into the best of seven oh, uh wednesday night here in in, in canada and so the united good. states is going to be action-packed oh we're hanging well i mean look john is a capitals fan is understandably stressed yeah. and i'm doing my best I've, to make this really miserable for him it's, so it's been rough i gotta yeah, say I'm, I'm being overwhelmingly positive about it which, which is upsetting is, which is why he's suspect that i'm trying to put some kind of jinx on him which he actually is actively doing yeah which is what i'm doing <laughs> so i yeah i really want to see the oilers get over the ducks because Corey perry just upsets me a great yeah. deal yeah um and look oh, jokes aside john it, it's washington's time it's Washington's time. Stop. Come on. I know what you're doing. Come on. I know what you're doing. And as any self-respecting Capitals fan, I take with me my self-loathing and what I do with my <laughs> fandom and therefore I'm just waiting for the end to come. And like, I was on the internet the other day and I'm like, is it more infuriating to lose game five or game seven? And resoundingly, everyone was like, game seven, game seven. definitely, definitely yeah. losing it is the worst. Kerry, I've got a couple of questions for you then. Uh, quickly, who's your Stanley Cup pick for this year? Well, you know, it was actually uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins at the start of the... Uh, I just thought they would repeat. Yes, Sorry same. about that. Yeah, we had just, the same thing. But after watching last night's game, I'll tell you what, Pittsburgh's in trouble. And uh, mm. I, I'll tell you that because of 
not only is there's just a fire under the Washington Capitals, it the toughest game to win is game four. Now it's there. Now it's in front of us. Yeah. And think about all the talent Pittsburgh has. And uh, they just couldn't seal the deal. And that, of course, happens with Sydney having some of his issues. But, you know, they're missing Latang. Mm-hmm. They miss Daly. Yeah. And, you know, now they've broken that little bit of mystery of uh, Fleury and Nett. So, John, I don't think you're in bad shape. Yeah. I, I, I would say that um, it's back home in Washington. They've got all the pressure in the world. But Connor so Shearer is Pittsburgh. Out too. He is. He is. Oh, the, he played. Yeah, he played the last game. Yeah, but he's still looking a bit rocked. Yeah. And then Daly well, took that Wilson here. He did. Obviously, no yeah. Matt Murray. Well, and, here's here's yeah. the thing, right? Braden Holby was on the ice with Pierre, who, and you know that I dislike Pierre, Ugh. right? Anyway, so he's on the ice, and he said, "Look, and this is Holtz as well. He's a pretty understated dude. He's like, look, we're tired of talking. We need to leave our actions out on the ice, and we need to get it done." And that's all he had to say to him. Literally just left after that. I'm like... Love it. A good message to take into the dressing room, though, because obviously they're going to re- look back through the interviews and they're going to look... Yeah. That's the the message that the goalie's taking is, we need to get it done. So that's a message to it. the fans, to yeah. the players. It's great. All so right. maybe From it's not so bad. John, is that uh, Pierre kept talking for another 10 minutes by himself. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got we got two more fan-related questions for you before we wrap it up. Question one. Yeah. Will Connor McDavid wind up being better than Sid? And question and part B to that question. <laughs> yeah, part B. Connor, da- uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, are they going to be the new Sid and Gino? Is that a fair comparison? Ooh. Wow, that's uh, you know. That's a good question, right? It's a fantastic question, and <laughs> I'm not going to disappoint with the answer. Uh, I think what's really important to understand is that every era brings a different type of player. Yep. And um, you know, we go from Gretzky to uh, the the next one, uh, to from the great one to the next one. Here comes Sidney Crosby. Nobody ever thought that you know Crosby could be as predominant as uh, or dominant as uh, Gretzky, and in many ways he has been, but he doesn't have the numbers to show for that. Yeah. And now that Connor McDavid came, I only got to see him um, play live once in um, in junior. And we have a good friend. His name is Jay McKee. He coached him. And he told me at, at, uh, at a time when he, uh, Connor McDavid was lighting it up in the OHL, he said, this guy is the most talented player I've ever played with. And I've played with Crosby. So I think um, from all indications, he's got – the skill, mm. the ability to be that. Uh, you've seen in this playoffs, he's kind of struggled a little bit. Yeah. He hasn't come to form yet. So I think he's got a little bit learning. And I think th- I think the jury jury's going to still be out on whether or not he can be. Listen, anybody can have one great year. Anybody mm. can have two great years. But it's putting those great years back to back. And the big challenge for him will be if he delivers game seven, because he hasn't delivered much, he scored one incredible goal in this series, but he hasn't been the Connor McDavid we saw in, yeah, Kess- in the regular Kessler's season. Yeah, Kessler's been all over him. Yeah, and the supporting cast have been supporting really well. well Luch, that's that's, a, that's the thing I've liked about the team, and that's why I think they're, they're cheeky they're underrated. They're kind of because, yeah, because like, like, Zach like, like Luch, Maroon, Cassian, Dracidal... Um, like they're they, kind of they, punctuating Cam Talbot's playing. They've been getting pads. they've been getting scoring out of like their defense, which is not a good defense. Like <laughs> the team's been playing well, but um, 
Yeah, I look. I did see one journalist say that uh, Drusaitl and McDavid is the new Gretzky and Messier, and I'm like, whoa! Hang on, pump the brakes. Yeah, I feel comfortable with the Sid and Gino comparison. I like yeah. that. Well, I, I think you know, in, in, and also the maturity factor of calling uh, uh, Connor McDavid. This kid's he's young, yeah, and he's really impressive just by watching him play and the interviews he does. You know, there's no arrogance to this kid. Somebody said, you know, you're one of the best. You're you are the best player on the Oilers team. He said, whoa, wait a second, I wouldn't be here without Drysaitel. That kid, Leon, is unbelievable. I played I played against his father, who obviously was not quite as talented as his son, but same kind of personality, same kind of grit. And um, you're you know making compare. It's always difficult making comparisons. Mm. These two are unique in itself. Who none of those players that we put in breath. Gretzky, Messier, Crosby, Ogino, we could put in the same breath of McDavid's ability to turn on the speed from zero to 60. Not one of those guys had that ability. Um, So the speed factor with McDavid is beyond all of those guys. Will Will he possess the same skills? Man, that toe drag that he does, his shot, his vision is incredible. But then now take it, you've got a guy on his side with Drysaddle that has all those other tangibles. He's gritty. He, he's got great vision. He's a good playmaker. Big he prime. can score. Um, that's a that's a great duo. Problem is you're probably going to see them split up, and they're both going to be centermen eventually. So yeah. you don't know how that's all going to play out. Uh, all, all I got to say is if I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, which I am uh, uh. now, I jumped on the bandwagon a couple days ago. Um, <laughs> and I didn't hurt my ankle doing it. I think it's really important to understand Edmonton has a great future. But with that said, I think the National Hockey League today has some of the greatest youth movement we've ever seen. The number of quality players, obviously uh, Patrick Liney in my home city of of Winnipeg. What a phenomenal goal scorer, entertaining ice hockey club. Come down the road to where I am right now in Toronto. You know, Mitch Marner, oh, uh, Mitch Marner, unbelievable. Hyman, Nylander. I got to see Nylander play live yep. in Germany just a couple of days ago. This kid is talent. And then, of course, you just put Austin ice Matthews. hockey, talent, mm-hmm. skill, Crosby, Gretzky, McDavid. Put all those names in. And then you got to think of Austin Matthews, what he did for the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. Yep. Wow, what an exciting time for a hockey, ice hockey here in this country. And I hope we can bring some of that entertainment value over to Australia this year. Even um, when you um, even when you go south of the border, though, too, like we've talked about this before, Philly's got a lot of good young kids in there, and there's American-born kids in there. Um, I know Boston's going to have a fifty percent loading on rookies next year, like 19, 20-year-old kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else is doing something very similar? Like Ottawa's got a lot of kids coming through. Uh, the Rangers obviously went quite young on their bottom lines this year. Yeah, there's a lot Canes. of really good. The Canes young have kids. got a deep farm because they have yeah. to. Well, yeah, yeah. Look at the and, look at the Canes. Like, yeah. um, Devs, Jacob, Jacob Slavin, like leapfrogged uh, Justin Fork as their number one D yeah, man this year. And, yeah, super young kid. Tivo's great. Yeah. Oh my yep. god. And you're gonna see a movement in in probably Vancouver. Oh, they um, have to. LA's LA's gonna retool. It, it's an exciting time for for ice hockey and being an ice hockey fan. Uh, and you guys obviously having to wake up early and watch games. You know, I watch. Uh, we have the NHL package here, so there are nights where, you know, my fiance is just driven crazy. She loves ice hockey. Her favorite team is Toronto Maple Leaf. 
Um, she didn't have to jump on the bandwagon because she's been a Toronto Maple Leaf. What a, what a shout out to Toronto. An incredible year for these kids. Uh, they've really laid the foundation. If you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, Toronto Maple Leaf fan, man, do you have a lot to look forward in the future. And I know you guys are Australian, so you always talk about the Americans. My role is to be non non uh, partisan here. Or <laughs> I've got to that when I bring teams that we make Canada, U.S., you know, as strong as we possibly can. But unfortunately, I am Canadian and I am from Winnipeg. So I want to be in Winnipeg. Yep. Um, uh, I think it was uh, Old Chuck. What's Old Chuck's first name? Eddie. Played for the Winnipeg Jets. Eddie Old Chuck said when they moved to Phoenix, and I'll bring the Stanley Cup back here to Winnipeg. And so <laughs> I'm really excited about that day where they, you know, we do the parade down Portage and Portage and Maine. But I think to be realistic, Edmonton or or um, or the Toronto, Toronto has a better best. chance of raising the cup in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, man, what a great time for but, ice hockey. But does that mean as a fan? So our last question is that you are, in fact, a Winnipeg Jets man. You know what? Um, I've been asked that many times. Uh, born and raised there. Uh, obviously, I, you know, loyalties go to the city. Yep. I, I want to tell you, I'm, I'm actually an ice hockey fan. There it is. Yes. Uh, I, I don't hate any team. Uh, I, I look at every player, uh, whether they're uh, the Brad Marshmans of the world or they're the uh, Sidney Crosby of the world. There's only 720 of those guys playing. You know, we brought John Scott last year. Mm-hmm. And if somebody had an opportunity to actually sit down and, and talk to Johnny Scott, he played six minutes some games. He played two minutes some games. But his role was just as important as Sidney Crosby at times. I have a great passion and understanding for, for those guys that go out there every single day, put their, their lives on the line. I know they're not... Uh, soldiers or you know they're not fighting a war but they're out there 82 games a year you know playing the game they love to entertain the the fans that love this game and so it's so easy to say I love this team or I love that team because they're the best or they're the best but realistically ice hockey is the greatest sport on the planet uh sorry for AFL and NRL listeners but think about it for one second I'll leave you with this how can you not love a sport where a guy puts his blade of steels, he skates around in an enclosed environment where he can't get out. Yep. He can't run off the field. He's either got to get off the boards by jumping over them or he's going to be smashed into them. And you travel at those type of speeds with gladiators out there coming at you. You can shoot, you can pass, you can skate, you can think, and you can score, and you can assist. All that within a 30, 40 second shift yep. at speeds of over 30 kilometers an hour and with this blast, black disc coming at you at maybe 160 miles an hour or 160 kilometers an hour. Wow, you are an athlete. Yep. And so that's why I have great admiration for the game and uh, uh, I'm hoping that we can just continue on doing what we do down in Australia. Obviously we're coming to your city uh, June 24th. Yep. Prior to that, June 22nd, a, a little plug for us all. On June 22nd, John, you're going to be able to come out. We're going to have an open practice at the <laughs> yes. Open Arena. Uh, we're going to have both Canada, U.S. Uh, showing off their skills at practice. Uh, it's going to be a donation at the door for $10. You can come in and be a part of this great event. We're going to have guys like you, John, come on the ice and entertain. 
it's going to be a great night. I'll send you some of that. Oh, I don't think anyone wants to see me. No, on no, the no, ice. no, no. Let me tell you, May <laughs> seeing John on the ice will be very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. John, I'm personally bringing you on the ice. Kid. Yes. And after, <laughs> and after that, we're going to have a personal meet and greet up in the restaurant. It's a, a, a ticket of about forty dollars or whatever. I don't have. I'll, I'll be sending you all this information. We're announcing it next week. But what's really important about that is we're bringing the guys to the fans. We'll do that also June the 16th at the Maricor Arena in Sydney. Uh, it'll be the exact same concept where the kids can come and get autographs. They're going to hear from the coaches. We're going to tell stories. We're going to talk about the NHL just like you and I did. You're going to be able to ask those pertinent questions, not only to a guy like me, but to Daryl Sittler and Dave Tagger-Williams, Scotty Hannon, and all those guys. So it's going to be unbelievable and all to help grow the game and give back some money to charities. So, uh, wow, we're, we're really excited about being there in less than a month. Sounds good, man. Look, thanks very much for your time. We appreciate that you've got up early to do this. Um, and obviously, we're going to be talking a lot more over the next month. And uh, you, the, the good listeners, will be hearing a lot more out of this space as well. Well, thank you, guys. Can't thank you enough for uh, putting us front and center in, uh, in ice hockey in Australia. Oh, we love it. I mean, thank you so much for joining us. So you guys heard it here first. Obviously, TJ Brennan is going to be joining the squad. Scotty Hannon from the Sharks is going to be there. Um, obviously, Kerry's got a few other legends hidden. A few uh, aces in the hole. A few little aces in the hole. So please make sure um, that you get down and check it out. Um, Holy Puck's going to be there. We're going to be representing and um, doing a lot of media coverage across the day. Um, and I'm going to be out on the ice looking like a giant idiot. Um, which is not going to be hard, to be honest. Cam's going to be skating around looking like a legend. Kerry will be there making fun of me on the ice. It's going to be great. <laughs> Everyone, thank you so much for listening. And Kerry, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Love it. Guys, thank you. And next week, uh, I'll be giving you some uh, the boys that are coming from the National Hockey League. Wow. Whoa. Thank you so much. And we will, we will be sure to uh, get the fans as much info as they can possibly get and Sounds get them good. down on the rink. Sean, one little quiet tip for all the fans. Yes. I love Pittsburgh. I want them to win the Stanley Cup. But if they don't get through the Washington Capitals, I have a big announcement, you guys. Yes. We love it. We love it. And you know what? Go Caps, go. Go Caps, go. <laughs> Thank you so much. We appreciate right, it. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. See you later, mate. <laughs>